Hey, this is Chris. Don't skip ahead to the episode yet. We're conducting a listener survey of people listening to RCV clips. First-timers, long-timers, occasional listeners, anybody. Please fill out the survey linked to in the show notes for this episode to help us make RCV clips even better. Thanks! Welcome to the February 2022 episode of RCV Clips, our podcast about all things ranked choice voting. I'm Kelly, a member of the Resource Center staff, and in today's episode, I'll be talking with Ryan Kirby and Renee Roja, our newest RCVRC members. We want you to get to know them a little better. So, hey, Ryan and Renee. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and do this on a Friday afternoon. Oh, it's great to be here. Glad you're here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're also really glad to have you on staff, too. You guys have jumped in with both feet and excited to share your work a little bit with our audience and to talk a little bit about your background. So let's get started there. Let's talk a little bit about how you came to the Resource Center, where you went to school, all the different things that that everybody's going to be interested in. Ryan, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I live in Maryland, um, and I went to Towson University, where I got my bachelor's in political science. Um, And while in college, I was heavily involved in politics. I was um, president of the College Dems on campus and the statewide federation, and I was a campaign manager for a Howard County Council race. So I kind of dipped my toes and got really involved in politics there. And then since leaving college, I went on to become uh, Senator Kagan's chief of staff in the Maryland Senate and worked there for about three years before I uh, got the opportunity to work at the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Fantastic. Renee, tell us a little bit about you. Well, uh, to give you some you know, information on my background, I've spent the last nine years in election administration as both just an administrator and an election supervisor in a uh, small you know, to medium-sized county located in um, South Central Washington. I've had every step in the voting process from voter registration to election night tabulation. Now, I came to the, the Voting Resource Center willingly. I uh, believe the winds in voting are changing, and I kind of wanted to be a part of that and helping administrators learning how to conduct ranked choice voting elections. Fantastic. We're happy to have both of your experience coming on to our staff. Now, speaking of our staff, we're small but mighty. Tell us a little bit, and we, actually, we all wear a lot of hats in this organization, as you already are finding out, but tell us a little bit about why you have joined the Resource Center and what your position is. Renee, let's start with you this time. Okay, so my, my position is the technical project manager, and I'm here to oversee the development of RCTAB. That's our uh, universal tabulator for ranked choice voting. And it, it's been great. I'm responsible for documentation, certification, and hopefully, you know, as we improve it, more development and brings more features that would help out all sorts of administrators. Absolutely. You are definitely on the cutting edge of an important part of our work here at the RCVRC. The tabulator had unprecedented use over the last year, and we foresee that hopefully providing access to ranked choice voting election administration capabilities for even more people in the coming years. Okay, Ryan, tell us about what your position is for our organization. Yeah, as the operations specialist, I get to kind of continue being a jack of all trades. Um, when I was a chief of staff in the legislature, you know, kind of have to have your hands in everything. And that's something I get to do with the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. For example, you know, I'm helping you out with some fundraising research, and I'm also working with Chris on a report for recount procedures and best practices, and then a little bit with Renee on some RC tab stuff. So I get to kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything. Fantastic. Well, while we've got you, Ryan, 
I know you worked for Senator Kagan in the Maryland State Senate. And I'm curious, what was the favorite legislation that you worked on while on staff? Oh, gosh, there were so many bills. You know, among a million of the things that I handled with Senator Kagan's office, I handled her election bills. And one of my favorites was we last year we had a big voting rights bill that ended up having 17 or so different issues within it. It was like a 38 page bill, which is really long. And it had everything from protections for mail-in ballots and allowing election officials to process them before election day, correcting voter errors and protecting ballot drop-off boxes, you name it, it felt like it was in there. And that was one of my favorite bills to work on. I was so sad when some politics got in the way and it didn't end up passing. But I love watching it on the sidelines this year. I know they've taken a couple of pieces and put it in as emergency legislation, but that was one of the most exciting things getting to work on with the election-specific issues. The election work that you've done and on the candidate side and on the actual policymaker side is really going to bring a nice perspective to the things we do here at the Resource Center. That's actually where my political experience lies more on the candidate management of campaigns and that sort of thing. So um, look forward to seeing where that takes us. So Renee, you told us a little bit already about how you've really touched on every kind of part of the election process and your work in Washington State. I'd be curious, what is your biggest takeaway about elections in general from the work you've done? Yeah, that's a great question, Kelly. Um, my, my Probably my biggest takeaway uh, as an administrator is that um, I really feel that voters are just kind of doing the paces right now. They don't really necessarily feel like their voice is being heard. And granted, we're all voting still, you know, a lot of us are big supporters of voting. But from what I've seen and, you know, dealing and talking with voters, I feel like that is one of the major issues going on right now with elections is not enough people feel like their voice matters, which was you know part of the reason why I'm so interested in ranked choice voting. Yeah, fantastic. We have a lot of work to do in, in terms of our elections and access, making sure that all voters feel heard. So thank you for sharing that bit of information. So we're so lucky to have both of you join our staff. You have a wealth of experience in various aspects of all of our work. And you know I always say our team just really, we couldn't have built a better, more capable team in this area and ranked choice voting. And you've been a fantastic addition to that. So interest is growing for ranked choice voting across the nation. And a lot of people still have some limited knowledge. They don't understand it. They have misconceptions about ranked choice voting. I'm curious how you first learned about this voting method. Brian, we'll throw this one over to you first. Yeah, I actually first learned about it um, while I was taking a game theory class at Towson University. There's a political science game theory and simulation course that I took. And among a, a bunch of different voting methods, ranked choice voting was one of them. And I particularly enjoyed learning about it and comparing it to different ways that we vote both now and hypothetical ways. Um, and I personally really enjoyed it. And then when I worked in the legislature, Senator Kagan introduced ranked choice voting bills both in 2019 and 2020. It's interesting you mentioned that about the political science class that you took about gaming and th that kind of thing, because I was talking to a high school student the other day, and she attends a school in North Carolina called the North Carolina School of Science and Math. It's a boarding school in Durham. And that was one of the things they were learning in their political science class. And she had actually had quite a few questions for me about ranked choice voting. I'm excited to see that's being taught in some different places early on, get these young voters, folks that are going to be coming up in the future to understand ranked choice voting before it comes to their area, maybe even. Okay, Renee, how did you first learn about ranked choice voting? I just think it's really cool that there, there's a lot more educational opportunities for ranked choice voting and political science. It's just 
when I was growing up, there wasn't much, you know, you just ascended your uh, political science classes and that was about it. There wasn't very in-depth, but, uh, you know, to answer your question, I pretty much learned about ranked choice voting as an administrator. We just heard murmurings of it. We keep our ear to the ground, trying to learn as much as elections as possible while administering them. But it was really in the last year that it really seemed to kind of amped up. I believe uh, King County, which is Seattle, and the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center put on a, um, a whole seminar session where they educated everybody in Washington about ranked choice voting. And that's kind of when I really got involved or wanted to be more involved with ranked choice voting. But that's essentially what really educated me. Great. So let's talk about elections. Our function as an organization is at the intersection of ranked choice voting and election administration. We talked about how you learned about ranked choice voting, but what is at the forefront of your mind about elections? And I know, Renee, you kind of already touched on this, but Ryan, what's at the forefront of your mind in terms of elections right now? Yeah, I know one of the things that a lot of people have been following is some of the federal voting rights bills and just trying to protect the access to the ballot. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we all want to make sure that the method of voting is as efficient and helps encourage, you know, um, bipartisanship and reduces conflict. But we want to make sure that people have access to the ballot as well. Absolutely. Renee, would you like to touch on that? Yeah, of course. No, I, I 100% agree with what Ryan's saying there. It's it's very important that people are able to access a ballot and cast their vote, you know, as they want. One of the major things, you know, I kind of want to do is get people more involved. You know, it's not so much about access. It's more about just getting them involved and feeling like their voice is heard and that they feel that it is heard. That's probably my big goal. I think perception in politics really plays a huge role and, and people have to understand not only do they agree or disagree with a candidate, but they have to, like you said, feel like they're being heard and feel like their voice is important and that their needs locally are being met. I actually read an article the other day that talked a little bit about, you know, we really need to have some focus on local elections and that kind of thing. Right. I'm just curious, where do you see the resource center going? What are some goals you have? What do you see for our future? I think, uh, you know, just where I see us going is becoming the spot for information for administrators as far as how to conduct a ranked choice election. And then on the other side of that coin, it's also a place where voters who want more information or want the definitive source of information can come to our website and can you know read through our library or listen to our podcast and get a better understanding of what ranked choice voting is and how it helps get their voice heard. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, it has to do with increasing the number of places that are using RCV. And that comes from, you know, making sure that we craft really strong policy in those places, and then also helping the locations that already have it, implementing it efficiently and really well, because people aren't going to like it if it doesn't run smoothly. So we want to make sure that, you know, working with election administrators across the country that, you know, they feel supported and make sure we're providing the resources that they need. And I think that touches on what you were saying, Renee, with making sure our website is, you know, top notch. We've always sort of said around here that campaigns and legislation is only as good as the first implementation. If things aren't implemented well, people don't trust it. They don't trust the system. They don't trust the method. They want to go back to what they know. As the communications and development director, one of my big focuses is how do we message this to get our information out to the most people possible, the most election administrators, the most policymakers the most advocates to make sure that there's an eye on administration and implementation from the get-go. That's super important to the work we do here, I think. 
All right, let's go on to, we guys have talked a lot about our work here at the Resource Center, but let's have a little fun so that we can actually get to know you a little better. Let's start with best trip that you ever took. Ryan, go. Oh, it's hard to beat my honeymoon. Um, I got married to my wife um, in July of 2019, and we went to Florida. And I'm a big NASCAR fan, so we got to go tour uh, Daytona International Speedway, spend some time on the beach, and we spent a few days in Disney World. It's hard to beat having dinner in the castle and all of that good stuff. I'm incredibly thankful to spend that time with my wife. And in retrospect, I'm actually really grateful for the timing because it was July 2019. Six months later, you start having the pandemic. I never would have been able to go. So that was like my last big trip in a long time. That's wonderful. And congratulations on getting married just a few years ago. It feels like it's almost last year because we've lost this crazy two-year span with um, COVID going on. But Disney's one of my favorite places, so I love that. All right, Renee, best trip you've ever taken? Well, uh, Ryan's is pretty hard to beat. That's a really good answer, <laughs> especially if she's going to be listening later. The best trip I ever took, my family and I, uh, for our anniversary, actually, we always go to the Oregon coast. It's something my wife and I really enjoy. And we take our kids along because they're still pretty little. But this last year, uh, 2021, we didn't go in 2020 because um, of COVID and then there were forest fires, but we were able to go in 2021 last year. The weather was amazing. And I don't know if any of you know anything about the Oregon coast, but it's usually rainy, kind of muggy or overcast. But the weather was perfect. It was even like very warm. It was unseasonally warm. And the whole weekend we stayed an extra day. So we stayed about four days. And it was just perfect. We, we spent most of our time on the beach as a family, flying kites and building sandcastles. And it was just real low-key, good family fun, I guess. That really makes some of the best vacations we ever take are just really simple. Our family loves to go to Hilton Head, which is probably about six hours south of where we live on the coast of North Carolina. And it's just relaxed there. It's hanging out by the pool, hanging out on the beach. So it's so much fun to have that together time. Especially as your kids get older, you'll see that you don't get to have them around as much. And it's really nice when we get to do those things. All right. So here's a little more serious one, maybe. <laughs> who in history would you like to have dinner with and why? You have to tell us why. Renee, we'll start with you. I always love this question, but I kind of have a little bit of a, I guess, a hokey answer is Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he's this big figure in American history. And I love history. I love America. I love, uh, you know, the old West days, especially since I live out on the West Coast. So he seems like such a bigger than life character that I would love to just sit there and, you know, chat with him about some of his adventures, maybe with like the Rough Riders or getting different bills passed or, you know, our national parks. Like the fact that he saw that the national parks would be so important or that we had to protect it. You know, we had to protect the wilderness of the West that long ago. It's amazing to me. And I, I've read some of his work and I, I feel like that we might have a lot of common or that we would agree on a lot of things. So he just seems like somebody I would really like to get to know. I love that. And just a little interesting fact for you, since you love the Wild West, the rumor in my family or the, the story or the folklore is that Jesse James was one of our distant, distant cousins. So something to know when you're thinking about Wild West, <laughs> that I might be related to Jesse James. <laughs> okay, Ryan, this is your turn. Who would you like to have dinner with and why? Renee, I really like your answer because I was actually thinking of the other Roosevelt, FDR. So I would love to have the opportunity. Four terms as a president is pretty uh, pretty interesting. And, you know, all the, the campaign stories he would have, starting with how do you handle the Depression and all the history there. I would just absolutely love to learn everything I can. And, uh, I mean, the World War II, all of the stories there, the decisions made. I can't think of a better example of leadership or at least one of, you know, greatest examples, I think. of. That's a great answer. 
FDR and the big new deal, correct, right? Is that what they were calling it? Yeah, the new deal. Yeah. Yeah, the new deal. Oh, man. He did some really great stuff. I, I read about him in one of my older history classes back in the day. So, yeah, he always sticks my mind, too. I can't help but think about what the Roosevelt's might think about what's going on today in politics. And, you know, I, th I think that would be really interesting. Even my father, who passed several years ago and was in politics, I think about, gosh, what would my dad think about all this going on? All right, I'm going to ask a couple rapid fire questions. All right, favorite food? Probably, oh, this is also kind of cheesy, pizza. You know, I just, I really like pizza. It's delicious and I should lay off of it, but it's just the perfect meal. <laughs> all right, Ryan. All right, I'm from Maryland, and I love me an Old Bay blue crab. Delicious. <laughs> I've always wanted to try the blue crab. Definitely. We're on the coast also. <laughs> you need to come out to the East Coast, Renee, and yeah. join us for some really good eating out here. <laughs> we can definitely show you where to go. All right, favorite musician or band? I already got mine. I know mine. Uh, it's They've got a weird name, but I love them. They're like country rock kind of band. They're um, called Murder by Death. They sound like Johnny Cash mixed with like, gosh, I don't even know. It, they just have such a great old sound. And it's like, it's that Western feel. Highly recommend them. All right, Ryan. My favorite band is probably American Authors. They produce so many songs that I love. Believer, Best Day of My Life is actually the song that when we were leaving, walking down the aisle was the song that we had playing. So that just brings back so many good memories every time I hear it. I love that. All right. Favorite TV show, podcast, Something you do to pass the time in terms of like media. It's kind of hard when there's so much out there now. <laughs> One of my go-tos is always Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars guy and you've got the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett out now. I'm looking forward to the Kenobi one coming out. So anything Star Wars related, you can bet I'm probably going to be watching it. That, that's a good answer. I might have to agree with Ryan on that one. I really enjoyed uh, the Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett. Those were fun. And also, I don't know what your opinion is on Rogue One, but I feel like Rogue One was probably one of the better modern Star Wars movies. This for sure was really good. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fantastic. I can remember going to see the first Star Wars with my grandmother um, when we were actually on a family beach trip and we went to the actual theater and saw it and we couldn't believe it. It was just amazing technology <laughs> back then, you know, so great answers, guys. Although I am a little disappointed that you didn't say your favorite podcast was RCV Clips, <laughs> but we're working on you. So we'll get you used to that here soon. <laughs> I thought that was just a given. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm actually really into podcasts right now. So I've been listening to all kinds of true crime podcasts. I cannot quit listening to them. <laughs> There's so many good ones out there. So if you need a recommendation, let me know. All right. This is the final question. Three words or less. Tell us about your first few weeks, first few months here at the Resource Center. Incredibly talented experts. Getting thumbs up from Kelly on that one. All right, Renee, it's all you. For my three words, educational but fun. It's a good group of people. Uh, I've really had to learn a lot, especially about the nuances of ranked choice voting. I thought I had a pretty grasp on it, but once you really get down to it, it man, there is a lot in this space, but it's been a lot of fun. And the ranked choice voting resource center, it's a group of good people. Yeah, I think you guys have fit right in and, and just we absolutely baptized you by fire and threw a lot of information and work and great things towards you. One of the goals overall for us as an organization has been to do this expansion of our capacity. And by bringing you both on at the same time, it's really making that dream come to realization that, you know, we are able to reach more people. We are able to impact more election administration and implementation possibilities for jurisdictions across the U.S. So we're glad you're here and we hope that we can continue growing. 
I look forward to team together to make our work even more accessible to those folks out there who need it. We hope you're here for the long haul. <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do this year. 2022 is going to be just as busy as the years before. And, and I can't wait to, to share that um, with you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Kelly. And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, useful tidbit, or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Gary Bartlett with this month's final round. Did you know that RCVRC offers free open source ranked choice voting tabulation software called RCTAB? RCTAB is compatible with almost all voting systems in the U.S. and runs the round-by-round -round tabulation using data from cast vote records. This software is widely used in 2021 across the U.S. 86 contests from Maine and New York to Michigan and Utah were tabulated using the software. Just under 1.1 million votes were tabulated using RCTAB in 2021. This major step forward for RCTAB makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our February RCV Clips episode produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Follow us on Twitter at RCV Resources, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, and check out our website at rcvresources.org. Please be sure to fill out the listener survey linked in the show notes for this episode. We would love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast too. Our theme music is Flutterby by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Kelly Sechrist on behalf of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Thank you.